Thanks for joining us for this edition of Forward Church Online. Today's podcast was recently recorded at one of our live worship experiences. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Let's all stand to our feet. I want you to say that together. Say, I am an original masterpiece. Come on, say it again. Say, I am an original masterpiece. Now turn to two or three people before you're seated and high five them. Tell them, say, you are an original masterpiece. And our young people can be dismissed. Absolutely. Somebody says, man, that was the longest transitional video that Forward Church has ever shown. Yes, it was. Um, no, it was not the first time we've shown that one, um, but I really believe that it's going to tie into the message tonight. So if you'll give me 20 to 25 minutes, how many had a long day at work? How many had to fight to get here tonight? I mean, you probably had to fight through some things. I'm not talking about your spouse. Look at me. I'm saying you had to, there's some things that you had to push out of the way to get here. And I, I appreciate that. And I understand that, but I want you to know that you and it's not cliche-ish to say it, you are here tonight on purpose. I believe that you're here to hear a great word from God tonight. How many knows his word is transforming? I believe that, I do believe that, I believe that if we will get that inside of our spirit, that we are an original masterpiece. I know some of you are going, yeah, I'm an original. I don't know about no masterpiece. Um, no, you are an original piece of work that was completed by your master. And, um, but I believe that if we would get that in our spirits, and there was so much in that video, I could have really came up, gave an altar call, and I believe everybody would have came forward, and we could go home, and Jesus still would have touched our heart, but I believe the message is even greater tonight. Um, and, but I believe that if we would get that in our hearts, that, that I'm an original masterpiece, that we would, that God would thrust us forward out of all the junk. He would thrust us up and forward out of the stuff that we go through, you know, the sticky stuff in life, the stuff that tries to trip us up and make us have meltdowns, and oh my God, all that stuff. I just believe that if, if we would look within ourselves and really understand, I am an original masterpiece. God created me this way. He created me bald. He created me with hang-ups and quirky, jacked-up things. He created me that way, and I got to be cool with that. And if I would do that instead of trying to, to, to compare myself to everybody else, and that's where we're going tonight, I believe that God would thrust me up and thrust me forward where he really wants me to be. I'm the one that chooses to stay stuck. Can you say that? Say, I am the one that chooses to stay stuck. I believe that because I don't want to be in the room by myself. I believe every one of us uh, have that. I also believe that every time we come to church, it's an opportunity um, for us to stand before God. And just like the video, that's why I wanted that video because I believe every time a message comes forth, it's for us, for God to be able to chisel away the things in our life that we have put there, almost like RoboCop. We like the way that feels and all that stuff. And if we would just let him remove that stuff. So that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to let him uh, remove remove some things. Um, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We actually were here last week. This is actually the theme verse for this two-part series. Uh, and I'm going to, we're going to go through this thing, um, not rather quickly, but I'm going to make sure I give you all the good ingredients how many knows a good cake? You got You can't miss out on all. There's, you can't just you know fabricate something else in order for that cake to rise and sit like it's supposed to. You got to have the right ingredients. So we're gonna go there tonight. All right. So if you're looking in your Bible, you're gonna scan down to the word. However, everybody say however. 
However, when they measure themselves with themselves and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding and behave wisely. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I believe every one of us in this room can go, I know some people who, um, who, who they, they look like they don't understand what's going on in life. Okay, I said I wasn't going to do that, but there's people that look like they haven't, they don't understand what's going on in life, and they behave unwisely. They're doing some really stupid things. You're sitting on the sidelines going, dude, you are an idiot. Like, can you not see what's going on? Okay, I, I've been that idiot. Um, but, but at the core of that is because you could always track it back down to there is some comparison going on. And somebody said, well, that's, that's not really a big deal. But at the root of comparison is a huge issue that I think every one of us have, and I am the first, and that is insecurity. At the root of comparison is, is insecurity. So tonight is the second part um, of this, this topic that we're, we're doing on comparison. I titled it um, Managing the Debilitating Power of Comparison. So I said this last week. We're not, I'm not trying to abolish comparison because it's a part of our everyday life. I'm not trying to take it away, um, but I want us to help manage comparison, okay? Um, comparison is embedded in our everyday life. Um, it's, it's, it's the means by which we measure authenticity. Uh, through comparison, we, we measure originality, and we also determine what's, what's going to be most effective for us. We, when we go shopping uh, for clothes, we're matching prices, we're matching what hides certain figures and what makes figures look better, and those type things. Um, we, we match when we go car shopping, we match um, tags and, 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 and the sticker price and all that stuff. So, so comparison is very much a part of our life. I understand that. But what makes that, so, what makes that so dangerous is because comparison is so familiar to us. We're comfortable with it because, let's face it, we compare everything. I go shopping. I didn't bring all my props tonight, but when I go to the grocery store, I'm, shop, I'm comparing stuff. I'm trying to figure out what's going to be best for me because, because I know. And the reason it's so dangerous is because we're familiar with it, because we're comfortable with this, the end result of what comparison has done for us. I go get this toothpaste because I like it. Maybe not that it's cheaper, but because it's doing what I need it to do. I buy this product because it's doing what I need it to do, and I'm satisfied with it. So I compared, and I got satisfied. The danger is when we begin comparing ourselves with other people. Okay? I said that last week, but I really want to hit that home because, again, it's dangerous. Yeah, but we do it all the time. That's why it's so dangerous because we believe that we're successful at all the other things. The times, but what we don't understand is that it's damaging to our soul. I didn't bring any props, but I, I will share with you real quick uh, in, in, in this. Um, as you know, last weekend, Amy and I celebrated 14 years of marriage, and we went back to St. Augustine, uh, which was the place that we went uh, when we got married, so that was even cooler. So we're sitting uh, at this restaurant on top, um, overlooking, outside overlooking the little main street right there where everybody walks in. I just had this, 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 this funky craving for fudge. So I'm asking the dude, he's trying to figure out, are we drinkers? Because he's like, so do y'all drink? Because there's this place, and then after you leave there, if you hadn't had enough, you can go here, and then you can go there. And before you're on your way back to your place, you can get this. And I'm like, dude, we're cool. He's, and he gave me that look like, well, why, why the crap are you here? Because <laughs> that's what people do in St. Augustine. Like, there wasn't nothing else to do. And so he's like, well, what are you, what are you into? And I was like, you got a fudge place around here? <laughs> and he looked at me like, this dude, fudge, alcohol, whatever. Okay, so, so anyway, he gave us directions to get to the fudge place. And when we walked in, bless God, oh my soul and all that is within me, there stood this huge, 
thing display full of all these different fudges on this slab and ooh it smells so good and and all I could think about was my message notes on comparison which one did I want and and do I want a whole slab or do I want half a slab and all this stuff my wife will tell you that I got a slab but that's not no 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 a, a slice is is half a slab okay a slab would have been the whole full thing that was not me so I'm good um but I did I did get two two half slabs um and she got one and some other items, but whatever. So, um, little pretzel stick, chocolate, whatever. So, I'm going to tell it all because if, if I'm going down, I'm bringing you with me. So, I said all that to say, um, comparison hit me hard. And, and so then I was like, there was this orange, it looked like Jamie's shirt, it was this orange slab of fudge. And I've never, like, fudge is supposed to be dark. And this is like a vibrant orange. I was like, I said, let me, let me check that out. I was like, it was the worst thing I ever put in my mouth. I was like, Bleh. I was like, that is not what I'm doing. So I went with the turtle and some other thing that had white and chocolate, other kinds of stuff in it. I don't know. So we get back to our room and I'm like, yes. And I went for the white one because it was different and it had all kinds of other colors in it. So I went for it. Dude, it was nasty. Nasty. So the moral of the story is just go for what you know. Just traditional fudge is which what she got, and it was so good. It was so good. All that other stuff that I was trying to be different and trying to, you know, different angle, it was nasty. So, so, so comparison can jack you up and mess you up, so be careful. I told you it was dangerous. It could be real dangerous to your figure if I would have stayed in there much longer, but anyway. Um, so before canceling out the message, before canceling out and start checking email and cranking out some, tw- some, some, some tweets on Twitter, um, let me say this while I still have your undivided attention. Every one of us in this room struggle with comparison. I didn't have time to look at everybody in the eye, but I'm telling you, you struggle with it. You struggle with it. Last week it was real quiet in here, and I felt like the tool. You know, nobody likes the tools. When he walked out with the tools, he's like, I'm cool with God, but what are them things? I'm the tool. And, and I was, when I stand back there going, I, I never thought about it that way. I was like, well, no wonder people don't like when preachers bring the word because that's the tool. They're like, they cool with God, but when the tools come out, that's not so cool. So um, be cool with the tools tonight, okay? Be cool with the tools. Um, we all struggle with it. And if you're that person that sits here and goes, I don't struggle with it. You remind me of the dude that I saw driving down the interstate one day going 85 north out of Georgia. I was in the right-hand lane, and all of a sudden I hear this loud, screeching, weird noise, this loud, and sparks flying, and this car comes flying by me. And all th- I'm, this is a true story. All three rubber tires look to be intact on, on the other side but that back right hand tire was down to rim and brother was just rolling i mean just like and i kid you not and i'm i'm turning around looking because i'm thinking in the movies is they're running from the cops you know like they've been hit moved around they're still trying to roll that thing but there wasn't nobody and the first thought that hit my mind was does he even know i mean he's making a loud noise and it's shooting sparks and that's how i that's a true story. But that's how I feel about people who sit in the church and go, that's not me. Dude, people can hear the noise around you. They can see the spark shooting off your life, the smoke over your head, like you're going down. And you're like, dude, I'm cool. Like, that's, that's, that's you. So, so don't be that person that goes, I don't have a problem with comparison. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. Listen, 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 listen. Listen, Linda dangerous component there's a dangerous i didn't have any monster drink tonight i'm trying to let 
go, this has nothing to do with the message, but I'm trying to let go of Pepsis, and this thing has no sugar in it, but I think it has like B12 and some other B something in it. I don't know. So I said 25 minutes, didn't I? Okay. And this is live on Facebook. Lord Jesus, help me. The most dangerous component. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) Praise God. We're just family. No, welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home. Okay. The most dangerous component to comparison is that it breeds in proximity. I said this last week. We don't care about what our, our, our friend's yard looks like, down, looks like down the street. We start comparing to what everybody else's house in our neighborhood looks like. We start looking at the other marriages in our community. We start looking at other things in our community. Like, we don't look outside of our circle, okay? And that's why it's so dangerous, and that's why it's so devastating. It has a devastating power because... Because it breeds in proximity. Put that um, scripture for Exodus. I think I still left it in there. We went through this last week where it says, You should not covet your neighbor's house. You should not covet your neighbor's wife, his manservant, maidservant, his ox, his donkey, or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. And why did God put that? Why was it so important that that went in the scripture? Because he knew that we would always be looking of our shoulder, looking to see who got the raise, who got the corner office, who got the new car, who's in the, who's in the three-story house, who can't pay for it, but they want everybody to think they can. And I, I mean, you know, we're, we're always concerned with, and God knew that. He knew we would be concerned with what, what else was going on. So he put that in there, not to covet other people's belongings. Okay, we can sit here and go, I don't think that way. Use a lie. Use a lie. Because what you're saying is, well, the word doesn't... Dude, you can almost take every scripture in the Bible and go, how does this apply to me? Like That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to compare ourselves to the word and to be more like Christ and go, how am I measuring up? But the danger is when I start looking at other people going, well, how come they seem to be more blessed? How come God's doing everything for them and I'm stuck where I'm at? Well, that's the problem because you're too concerned with looking out instead of looking in. I'm cool when, I'm, when I know what I'm supposed to be doing and I, I can move. But when I start looking at other people, what happens? I stop. And see, it's dangerous because that's what the enemy wants to do. We, the, the enemy is not as crafty as we like to believe. Yeah, he is a very evil, dangerous being. But we are a danger to ourselves because, again, if I start looking at you, I'm going to stop because I can, I'm concentrating on what you're doing, what God's doing for you. And then I'm measuring up going, well, something's wrong with me because it's not happening for me. Not only am I, am, I, am, I, am I degrading myself, but I have stopped the process of moving forward in the direction that God wants for me. So as long as my eyes are focused on him, man, I can move about freely and go where I want to. Okay? So it's very, 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 very dangerous when we start... Comparing ourselves. Comparison is dangerous to community. It is very dangerous in churches. Okay, this family talk. It's dangerous in churches. It's deadly. Uh, it can be deadly in relationships. Write this down. I, I put this on the notes for you. Comparison always leads to conforming or competing. If you start going for compa- comparison, and that's a big issue for you, you'll either do one or two things. You'll either conform to be like that. Now you're becoming a copycat of an original masterpiece. You're no longer the masterpiece yourself, what God created and intended for you. You're trying to become what somebody else has, and you're going to screw that up because you can't be them. Okay? And then if they're trying to be somebody else, and you are trying, to, and you can't see that far, and all you're seeing is them, and you're trying to be like them, you're really going to be messed up because they're a copycat of someone else. There's a lot of plagiarism going on. 
Oh, my. So be careful. Or you're going to be constantly competing. And that's how the enemy, again, if you're competing, you're not going forward. You're just standing in one place trying to compete and try to dress up and try to sound like and try to speak like, try to sing like, try to do like everybody else. But really, you're just running in place. You're deceived because in your mind, you're like, well, I'm not, I'm not stopped. But really, you are because all you're doing is standing in one place. Comparison is dangerous. Say that. Comparison is dangerous. At the core of envy and comparison lies hidden away secretly the root of it all, and that's insecurity. Listen, envy affects us at the spirit level. It's not, it's not a stuff issue. It's not, yeah, we like things. Every one of us like things, but it's not a thing issue. It's a spirit issue. So tonight, for the next 15 minutes, I want to give you 45 practical. I'm just kidding. I'm going to give you four practical things. I won't never drink that stuff again. I'm sorry, y'all. I want to give you four practical things that's going to help each one of us. And again, this is not a one-stop shop. This is not a fix-all. The purpose of this message is to, is to heighten the level of awareness so that any time we get into a position, and you may get into it if you leave here tonight and you go to Walmart and you see somebody uh, that, that you dated or, or, or you were once married to or, or, or somebody from a past or whatever, whatever, you're going you're gonna to be faced with an opportunity to compare. And so what I want to happen to you like it did to me in the fudge shop, I want you to go, I can't get caught up in comparison. Now, for me, the fudge, was, it was no big deal. But it's when we do it with people that we get in trouble. Okay. So, I want to raise your level of awareness. Comparison becomes dangerous when we're completely unaware of the devastation that it's doing to us on the inside. See, again, it's not a stuff issue. That's, that's an exterior. It's what's going on, on the inside. So if we're all consumed with outside but what's happening is there's something going on on the inside, and that's what's so dangerous because before too long, it's just like cancer. If you don't catch it early, if it's just growing and growing and growing, and you didn't know, sometimes it can be devastating. Okay, But we serve a God who can heal and take care of that, take care of that stuff. See, I had to stand up because I'm not, I'm not going to let the devil take that one, but, but I'm just saying. Maybe it was a poor example, but, but my God is above all that. There is a name higher than the name of cancer, and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen? Hallelujah. Comparison is a thief out to destroy. I put this on social media this week. Out to destroy the originality of who God created you to be. He is a thief trying to steal from you the the originalness of you. It, it, It wants to invade our marriages. It wants to destroy relationships. It wants to steal our joy and rob us of our gratitude. I told you all last week, man, I can can feel great when I wake up in the morning, but if I start scrolling through Facebook first thing in the morning, dude, I'll lose all sense of that I'm, 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 I'm doing good in life. And and all of a sudden, I just feel like I don't measure up. And, man, what's the use? Anybody ever been there? And ultimately... It wants to dilute and water down and divert us from our purpose. That's, that's what comparison wants. It wants to dilute us down to where we're nothing. We're so busy trying to be somebody else, but God, we can't grow if I'm trying to be like somebody else. So the one of four is this. Number one, don't use social media. And these are real simple. This is not like deep theology stuff, okay? Thou shalt not look at Facebook more than 24. No. Don't use social media as a measuring tool. Okay, use it for what it's intended for, not a measuring tool. Okay, social media, I like this. Social media is to envy what gasoline is to fire. You got to fire, throw some gasoline on, watch that baby burn. 
You got issues with comparison? Turn on Facebook and watch that baby burn. You know what I'm saying? He'll burn from the inside out. I, it's, I, I have a horrible, it's horrible for me because I use my phone as my alarm clock. So once it goes off and I've hit snooze for the last time, um, and I, so I, you know, I'll check the weather, you know, how's it going to be for cars and stuff today? And am I going to get rained out? Okay, I'm good to go. Well, then I flip over to Instagram and I'm seeing all my friends doing, you know, and again, I'm wake up. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Everything's great. I'm thankful for all my family and the church and all that God's doing. And then all of a sudden, as I start seeing other churches who are doing this, that, and the other, and, and my friends, other pastors who are writing ebooks, and I know that God's called me to write a book, and I haven't really figured out how to start that yet. And so there's all this stuff, and then all of a sudden I feel like, oh, man, my life sucks. My house isn't decorated. Every room in my house isn't decorated like Pinterest fashion. You know, we want everything to look, you know, and everybody's getting the right angle and turning the lamps on so you can't see it so it lights up that side of the room. Dude, there's too much work going on in that stuff. I can't be, I can't be consumed with that stuff. Jesus have mercy. Just put a lamp in a corner and turn it on. Woo! Okay. So Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, man, don't use it as a comparison tool. Because something will come over you where you just feel like, man, my life, I don't measure up. The point is this. If I'm not careful, it's incredibly easy for me to view my news feed on my phone as a reminder of all the stuff that I'm not doing and all the dreams that I'm not fulfilling. The enemy will use that. Simple, just a simple tool. Simple tool. Simple tool. Number two, choose, I love this, choose admiration over envy. This is huge. Choose admiration over envy. Now listen, there's a fine line between admiration and envy. It's often the exact same, the exact same emotional response. It just depends on whether or not I'm in a, in a healthy place in my life. Okay? You're going to have the same emotional response whether it's admiration or envy, but it just depends on if I'm in a healthy place mentally. Because if you're doing good and, and, hey, that's awesome, I admire that, but if I'm not in a healthy place, I'm going to be like, that dumb fool, he don't deserve blah, 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 blah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, y'all don't talk that way? Oh, y'all say worse. Let's talk after church. I want to write that down. I, I might need that for a future message. She said, my response for what someone is doing could be admiration or it could be envy. Either way, whether my emotion is envy or admiration, listen, both emotions are pointing me to what I value the most, okay? The reason it's either admiration or envy, the reason I'm even drawn to that is because it's something that I value the most, okay? And there's nothing wrong with that. Just make sure that it's admiration and not envy, okay? Because envy is very, 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 very wicked, you could think that it's envious because you don't like that person. That really isn't the case. You could, you could dislike the situation because you don't like how they're expressive of the things that God is doing in their life or the things that they have. It could just be that. But it's pointing you to something that you value. Don't fall prey to comparison. Just a couple questions you could ask yourself to go, how do I, how do I know if, if I'm leaning towards admiration or envy? Or if it's a problem, just a couple questions you could ask yourself. What do they have that I wish I had? What do they have that I wish I had? Adam's got a new zero turn. Of course, that's for a new business. Bradley would love to have a new zero turn. <laughs> but I'm happy for you. <laughs> okay. What? Have, what? Have, I am. I'm happy for you. You go out there I'll be sweating while I'm washing cars. When you're done all getting all nasty with grass, come over here and you can help me out. You know, okay. 
What have they done to get where they are? What have they done to get where they are? Listen, we don't see the practice time. We don't see the disappointments. You're looking at somebody who's doing so much in their life, but we don't see all the disappointments. We don't see all the people who are talking about the behind closed doors. Okay, You don't see the practice. I found a picture. People are like, man, people are like, people are like, I wish I could, I could sing like that. And, and they look at me and all the things that, that God's given me the opportunity to do and the CD that came out, which don't ask me for a copy because it's, it was like an 03, uh, and it's not something I'm very proud of. Um, and, and, and TV and all that stuff that God gave me the, 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 the ability to do. They don't see the moments back in Vassar, Michigan, when I would walk from the parsonage across this long sidewalk all the way to my grandfather's, uh, my Papa Weber, his, 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 his office, his study, and I would be underneath the window because his doors were of the church, church were locked. And I, Papa, Papa, let me in, let me in. He let me in. Why? So that I could go up to the, there ain't nobody there. He's going back to his study. I'm, he's going to, he puts, you can't see it, but he stacks about, I don't know, several uh, uh, redback hymn, book, hymn books. And, um, and, and I would stand up and I would stand behind the platform and I would, and I would be um, doing, it's crazy. I would be leading worship to a room of no, nobody. But see, people don't see, they, they see the other stuff. And they think, well, man, and who does he think he is? Dude, you don't see the heart of a little boy who, who wanted that. And yeah, it got, it got a little crazy sometimes because my, my motivation shifted from the pureness of what it was. And, and, you know, I started getting attention and I thought that was cool. But let me tell you something. Being broken is, is not something that you want. And if you don't do it on your own, God will make sure to do it for you. Okay. But the, but the illustration is you don't see what, you don't see the preparation that other people had. If we would start preparing ourselves, God would be able to give us more than what we're seeing in other people. We got to allow him to prepare in us. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Number three, allow comparison to become a celebration. Okay. Allow it to become, it's been used as a tool to destroy something inside of us, self-confidence, but use and allow it to become a celebration. Your friend's accomplishments should be a cause for celebration, not for bitterness. You can write that down if you want to. Celebration, not for, not for bitterness. If you hang out around Forward Church, specifically uh, for those of you that are on the leadership team, you know we do this all the time. Dad is notorious for doing shout-outs. Okay. Matter of fact, I told Amy on the way down to St. Augustine, I was like, because I wanted to hear some good stuff. So I was like, hey, let's do shout outs. <laughs> that didn't work. She's like, you are not Papa D. <laughs> Keep on driving. I was like, yes, ma'am. So, because the, tri- the trip just got started. And if you're jacking it up on the front end, <laughs> it ain't going to be good on the back end. But anyway, um, <laughs> I just threw that out there because we're family. But it's true. It's true. Use your tongue instead of it being a weapon to destroy people and cut people down. Use it to build people up. People say all the time, well, I don't have any friends. What are you doing to show yourself friendly? Let me tell you something. If you start, and I'm not talking about just working that in the church. It can work in, it can work in marriage. It can work in marriage, you know, speaking nice things. It'd be like, let, let the music play on, play on, play on. You know that song. All night long, all night, Mm-mm. all night Because everyone you meet will be dancing in the street all night long. I said all that to say, all those people in the street, if you will begin lifting and building people up, you won't feel yourself being alone all the time. You'll start, 
they might not even know you, but if you start lifting people up, you will have a crowd of people around you that you never intended. And then, and not only that, now you have more friends, but you've also built people up and you're doing what God's called you to do. And that is to encourage people and lift them up. So, so celebrate people's accomplishments. Admire what they're doing. Don't allow the bitterness of envy to, to come in and destroy that. Amen? It works in marriage, yes. But it works in the church. It works in the street. It works when you're cutting grass. It works when you're, wherever you're working, it will work for you. The word works. So just start speaking that. Man, I, hey, I love that outfit today you got on. Ladies to ladies and guys to guys. You know, Jamie, I like them shoes. I mean, you know, I'm not going to say I like the way them pants look. I mean, you know, that don't work too well. You know what I'm saying? But, but encourage people. Okay? They'll be like, oh, I like these. He likes to wear my pants. No, don't go there. Okay? It's already bad enough we show up at the gym dressed almost identical. I know. Stop. Okay. Well, that's true. And then you get called out at it at the gym. Okay, preach. If she wouldn't have been comparing, nobody would have known. <laughs> so I'm just saying. She's comparing saying they look exactly like. He got the same shorts on. He got the same shorts on. They got the same T-shirt. I was a superhero. I was Superman and you was Batman. I guess I don't know. Okay. We're almost done. Almost done. Did I tell y'all that, that we get to do this together every Wednesday night? <laughs> how many are getting something out of this? How many, how many are getting something out of this? I'm sorry. I feel more comfortable this way, though. I just feel more comfortable this way. I feel, would you rather me beat somebody that I'm not? Would you rather me just go, thou shalt not compare to thy neighbor? Mm-mm. There's somebody down the street doing that, but it ain't happening here. Okay. Never underestimate the power of your words. Maybe my battery died on Facebook. <laughs> Never underestimate the power of your words. That's, I'm talking about building people up. Never underestimate the power of your words. Okay. Speak words that breathe life into people. I was thinking about today, if the church would just capture the thought and the idea that somebody's life is depending on me, I've got to be the example. We, talk about it, we, we talked about it going down to St. Augustine. People are watching our lives whether we want them to or not. People are watching you. If we would, if we would, if we would live our life knowing that I've, God is empowering me to be an example, and it's not, just, let me, it's not just to people in the church, it's to people outside the church. It's the people that you work with. They need to see that example being set because you're an original masterpiece. If you're looking like somebody else, they're like, well, I can get that somewhere else because so-and-so talks like that. Be you and watch God draw up and then start speaking life into people and watch and start helping fulfill their dreams and start helping them. And God will make things happen for you. It's like, it's like years ago, uh, Bethany's um, dad, Billy Mayo, spoke into my life. If you'll be faithful in another man's ministry, one day God will give you your... I never saw him allowing me to do anything lead-wise, lead but it was because I was faithful in the little things. Be faithful in the little things. And this house, this house is very good about speaking life into other people. We are great about acknowledging the accomplishments. We are awesome about acknowledging, the, 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 admiring the great things that God is doing. We, we are awesome at that. Okay? And that's why God's honoring this house. That's why he's honoring this house. Number four, you have to get straight 
who God has made you to be. You've got to, you've just got to get straight with who God has made you to be. Why is this so important? James 3, 16 says, For where you have envy, listen to this, for where, where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. So where there's envy and where there's people being selfish, always concerned with themselves, following close behind is a lot of disorder and a lot of evil practices. And it just said evil practice. That could be a lot of different things. So, so we got to make sure that envy and selfishness does not show up in our, in our, in our, inside of us. Amen? Where there is comparison and where there's envy, you're going to be living a life that you were not designed to live. Remember what I said at the beginning tonight. It's, it's done at the soulish level. It's, it's destroying you on the inside. So whenever we start doing those things, you're starting to operate and function in a way that you weren't created to do. Okay? Hit that soft music real quick, and I'm, I'm, I'm bringing it down because the young people have beat us. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of things that, that are created for a certain purpose, and if, and if I forced that thing, if, if I forced Amy's car to try to tow the church trailer when it was not designed to do that, that car, that blessed heart, that little big car is going to break down. Are you tracking me? Are you following me? So when we start operating in a way that we weren't designed to do that, we're going to break down. Too much pressure. Too much pressure. That's why they have a tow load. And Jesus, a tow load on your truck, the men what I'm talking about, tow load. How much can you carry? Jesus says you don't have to carry anything. I'll carry it. But bless God, we're walking around with, with more. He, he didn't create you to carry any of it, let alone the load that we try to do because we're proud we're because we're, we're carrying this load. You're going to destroy. You're going to self-destruct. You're going to destroy your life. I'm going to read through these two scriptures real quick and then I'm going to close because this is, this is what it all comes down to. Galatians 4 verses 4 and 5 and then 6 and 7 for those that are taking notes you can go home and, and, and do a, a self-study. But when the right time came God sent His Son born of a woman subject to the law. God sent Him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that He could adopt us as His very own. Listen. God sent him to buy freedom. That literally is translated as as redeemed. God sent his son Jesus to redeem us. To buy us back. Redeem means to take something that has been separated. Separated and join it back together. To take something that is broken, shattered and make it whole again. That's what God wants to do in our lives. Shatter dreams. Shattered relationships. Just shatter. Just stuff everywhere. God wants, to, God wants to put that back together. He wants to put that back together. But bless God, we try to work it out ourselves. Now, if we don't let him do it, it, it can't. There was only one master. Nobody else, nobody else created us. He created us. He's the only one who knows how to put the pieces back together the way. I mean, you ever put a puzzle together and you, and you start putting pieces where they don't go and you got a, a jacked up picture? There's a lot of jacked up people walking around because they try to put their life back together on their own. And they got, they got legs sticking out like this. And, and it's like, dude, if you would have went and did it the right way, there's somebody that could have helped you <laughs> straighten up. And that's why we come to church, so we can get straight. 
So what do we have to, what do we have to, why is it so important to understand this? Because our faith in him is not just about forgiveness. Our faith in him is not just about forgiveness and sin. It is that, but it's more than that. It's not about I'm a Christian when I die, I get to go to heaven. It is that, but it's more than that. It's more than that. It goes on to say in verse 6, And because we are his children, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. He wants us to see him as daddy. Listen, most days I feel very, very inadequate of being a pastor, being your pastor. But one of the, one of the hardest challenges in life for me has been being a dad. Oh, being a, being a husband is, <laughs> is a lot of work. But being a dad scares the mess out of me. Because... The biggest thing I want our girls to see is I want them to see the potential that we see in them. And that's what God wants for us. And for those of us, we're not so much now, but those who have small kids or who have had small kids, you recognize potential in them at a a young age. Whether they're going to be, you know, whatever it is, you you recognize things in them. And then you want to help steer them in the right direction. And that's what God wants to do for us. It's like, if I can just get in my mind and picture in my mind what God has created me to be, and go after that. Too many times we leave, we leave ourselves wide open for everybody else in the world to dictate and to define who we are. We heard this at the conference. Carl Lentz said, they didn't create you. They don't have a right to speak into you, into your life and define you. But we leave ourselves wide open because we don't know who we are. We got a, a lot of clueless Christians walking around. I don't know who I am. But what we have, and it's a process. What does what redeemed mean? Redeemed, it's, it's a process. I'm being redeemed. So the people who walk into church and go, bless God, I got it all together. I'm going to pray for the rest of y'all. Really? That's what it's come to? Squeaky wheel? Running down the interstate? With sparks going everywhere? We all see it. Do you not see it? I don't want to be that person. I want to be, I'm being redeemed. It's a process. So if you're looking for me to be perfect, the perfect pastor, and we've had a lot of fun tonight, and I hope you enjoyed that, but that's who I am. If you're looking for me to be perfect, I'm going to fail you. My wife will tell you, I'm not perfect. But if we all remember, we're being redeemed. We're being redeemed. Got to get my, my, my value and self-worth from God. Two things I want to leave you with, and I'm done. Promise. I'm done. Two encouraging things. When you, when you feel the need to look around at everybody else, stop. Look up. Look up. And allow God to, re, allow God to put back into your mind what he's called you to be. Look, if we can get this, remember what I said. If we can get, manage this, God will thrust us up and thrust us forward. We know this room is not where we're going to be. Dude, we're going to be sitting on a campus, like 20 to 30 acres. I know that. But until we, get, until we start wrapping around our minds around the simple things, comparison is a simple thing. That's why it's so dangerous. He's not going to entrust us because we'll mess that up because we'll be too busy comparing what he's trying to do with us to what he's done with some, so-and-so. Mm-mm. Not to mention our own personal lives. Not to mention our own personal lives. And number two, 
authentic community. Authentic community. I want to challenge you in 60 seconds. I want to challenge you to find your five. Find five people, not in this church. Somebody say, you're trying to build the church. No, 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 I'm trying to build community. Okay? Find five people, maybe once, maybe once a week, if your schedule will allow, maybe every other week if your schedule will allow, or maybe once a month. Get together and intentionally have community. I'm already thinking, God, where's my five? If you want to tag up with one other couple in the church, but then go out and people that you work with. Again, it has nothing to do with bringing people to the church. Listen to what I'm saying. I'm not saying that. Be intentional about community and pouring into them. Breathe life into them. That's what God's called you to do. Be an example. Be Christ-like. Okay? And so for the next six months, we'll just run six months. I'm serious. Find your five. Maybe you can only find three. That's cool. Go bowling. Do a grill out. Watch a movie. Play with the cornhole do something just build community and be about people amen will you stand with me tonight i'm so honored that you guys came tonight for the word i I believe i believe that you were here tonight because you were hungry so god tonight i thank you for your word i thank you that we can stand on it god i thank you that we can trust you and God, every one of us in the room, this room tonight, we admit we have an issue with comparison. And God, we apologize, we repent. And God, we set our focus on you and you alone. May we always be reminded what you've called us to be. And may we, may we set our eyes on you and not be distracted by everything else. The dysfunctions, the distractions that are all around us. God, we, we put our focus on you. Give us a great, give us a great night's rest, God. Supercharge us for tomorrow. Bring us back safe over the weekend. We look forward to being with you and worshiping you. God, thank you for your presence in the house tonight. We love you. In Jesus' name, in this house said, amen. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Forward Church Online. At Forward, we believe that God speaks to each one of us individually, directing our lives and giving us focus. It is our desire that you would experience Christ and pursue His purpose for your life. One of the easiest ways to draw close to God is by connecting with the local church. Get started today by visiting myforwardchurch.org to find out all the ways that you can give, serve, and grow.